and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Are you overworked, overstressed, and overwhelmed? You want life to be different, but you don't even know how to get there. Man, oh man, I lived there myself. And in my experience with working with thousands of people from all walks of life, there is one simple thing that holds so many of us back, a lack of time management. We may know what we want, but we often don't know how to get there and don't feel like we can add one more thing into our already busy day. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Action Planner. It's a 90-day inspired game plan that will give you total clarity on your greatest priorities and skyrocket your productivity on the tasks that matter most. And now, for a limited time, you can get your own copy for free. And when you go to denisewalsh.com slash action. Denise Walsh, D-E-N-I-S-E-W-A-L-S-H dot com slash action, A-C-T-I-O-N. Put your information in and we will send this action planner directly to your inbox so you can set your goals, reprioritize your calendar, and design your dream life today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. I don't know about you, but when you find like-minded people, you want to like grab onto them and hang out with them because this world is full of, of either people that don't get it or people that are pulling you down or just people in their own stuff that aren't necessarily dreamers. And so when I find a fellow dreamer, I'm like, hello, new best friends. Let's hang out. <laughs> <laughs> and that is who we're talking to today. And you guys may already know her. She is an author, inspirational speaker, a soulful mindset coach, and a savvy business owner who has coached over a thousand women all over the world to step into their greatest potential, grow their confidence, align with their purpose so they can grow their impact, increase their influence, and make income. After struggling with limiting beliefs and journeying through the loss of a child, she was given the gift of unshakable confidence that we are all here on purpose and for a purpose. And with this belief, along with all the tools she learned along the way, she now equips others to unlock their purpose and step unapologetically into who they are meant to be and how they are meant to live out their destiny. Big dream cast welcome to business and mindset coach Charity Majors. Oh, thanks so much. That I'm goes so wild. excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much and for I'm being right there here. with you. Where it's like, oh, girl, we're gonna we're gonna be friends. <laughs> exactly. I know. I'm excited to hear more from you because I do feel like we're very aligned with our missions, and there's no competition in this world. It's truly just collaboration because there's so many people who need the message that we share. So I'd love to hear a bit about your holy discontent that got you into the coaching world. Why are you here? And what made you say yes to this business? There's actually a couple different 
things that got me into this space of knowing man, that there's so much potential in every single person that we come in contact with. And it's obviously it's up to us to whether or not we get to live out right that dream life, that dream world and live up to the potential that's inside of us. And in my book, I like to talk about these as kind of like the, like the bullet size wounds that we collect throughout our lives that create themes. And then somewhat of like this major like trauma wound that it was what I like to call the dark night of the soul. And so for me, that some of these, what are called like smaller wounds that still add up to a lot that were things like kind of being gossiped about by girls or I didn't never felt like I belonged or like I fit in. I was too pretty for the sporty girls, but too sporty for the pretty girls. And I was the butt of the blonde jokes, even though I was like graduated with honors and all these different degrees and had a lot of different circles of friends, but just really never felt like I fit in. And throughout a lot of the story of my past was I was rejected by girls and just kind of hurt by a lot of a lot of women. And so I started to tell myself the story that I didn't belong and that I wasn't enough. And or maybe over here I was too much. And you know, and that I was rejected. And so part of what I started to put on was then like these people-pleasing tendencies of, well, it looks like people like her over there. So maybe I should pretend to be like her. Or maybe if I dress like that girl, like people will like me some more. And so I started to put on like this fake front and not even really knowing who I was, like what I was here for and what God made me for. And so that was kind of part of the journey. And so as I started to kind of get to this point of almost like a pretty woman moment, like where, you know, if you've seen the movie, she's like, I don't even know if I like what kind of eggs I like. Like, (laughs) I don't even know if I like scrambled eggs or if they're poached eggs or whatever it might be. And so I kind of went on this de-layering journey of just taking off the labels of what people thought I should be or who I thought I should be and really unpacking just all of the shoulds. How old were you when you came to this stopping point of saying, all right, who am I? This was kind of towards the end of college. So, you know, at 20, 21, 22, um, kind of in that range, went through like this spiritual journey and kind of healed a lot of that internal stuff, but hadn't really like actually grew up like in a really great family. And so didn't have quote unquote major trauma, even though I know that you know, where it's like there can be complex trauma or there can be acute trauma. And the complex trauma is kind of what I'm talking about with all these little minor wounds that can happen to our subconscious that cause us to carry on a certain belief. And then what's really interesting is actually where the whole meant for more thing for me came from was about four years ago, my husband and I, we journeyed through the loss of a child and it was the hardest thing that we have ever gone through. It's not just the loss of, you know, of this baby, but it's the loss of hopes and dreams and what our family was going to be like in our future. And I really journeyed through the dark night of the soul. And in that space, it was like all of this shame and all of this brokenness surfaced. And it was like, gosh, like my, like there's something wrong with me and I'm broken that I couldn't keep our baby safe. And Um, it was this really interesting space where in all of my brokenness and the ugly cry of the bathroom floor, where I was questioning why me, why us, why our family, why God, why am I even here? 
it was the the moment where God met me and like he didn't try and fix me like I didn't you know like I wasn't broken like it was this really deep and impactful space where you know it's like he didn't try and give me the seven step to whatever to get out of the whatever like like God just like sat with me and allowed me to be and to feel and what's really interesting is that when we feel we can heal and so I learned the power of like being okay with that. And I'm also such a firm believer that we can teach what we know, right? There's a lot of people out there like teaching a lot of stuff, but we can impart what we experienced. And because of what I was imparted during that dark season of our life and the healing that I was able to journey through after with counseling and EMDR and, and a lot of inner and spiritual work and prayer and um, community and family and friends, um, I was able to be imparted with the deep, deep belief in every single ounce of my being that every single person walking on the planet is a miracle. That there is, if one single thing, if one single cell <laughs> replicates incorrectly, right? There are a million pieces and parts that have to come together for life to be sustained. And that gave me the deep, deep impartation of a deep experience that you are here on purpose. I am here on purpose, that none of us are a mistake and God doesn't make mistakes. And I had, I was given almost like this, like this new set of lenses, like this new perspective to where I can literally see like the God given potential inside every single person that I encounter and having the opportunity to draw that out, to pour belief into them, to speak hope and truth and life into them, to impart that into them, right? Because it's not just something that I teach. It's something that I can literally like inject into their hearts and what I'm called to do now. From there, it became the whole meant for more. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's powerful. They say your mess is your message, you know, yep. and crying on the bathroom floor in complete grief over your current experience four years ago, would you have ever imagined that you would be helping people on this level at that time? No, I didn't. <laughs> I couldn't see, you know, beyond like the next hour, to be honest. And I think what's really interesting, like exactly what you say, like turning our mess or being intentional about taking our mess and making it our message. I'm such a firm believer in that. And that was actually one of like the biggest gifts that I was given out of this entire experience that, you know, that our family went through. And it literally is no matter what we go through, that there is always a lesson. There is always a gift. And some people, you know, they could say, well, gosh, like you can talk about like this really hard time in your life, you know, with like such ease. And, and part of it, like that comes from healing because that means that I have pulled out the gold nuggets and the, the healing and the gifts from that hard time to where I have my story and my story doesn't have me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk to those people who are in the dark right now. They may be in this season of uncertainty. They feel a bit stuck. They don't know what to do. All they know is they don't want to be here. Uh, they don't want to feel this way anymore. They're in this just kind of upheaval, this internal upheaval. What would you say to somebody who's in that season right now? Mm, I love this. I think the first one is 
right? Because I think, well, I'll go a couple different directions. Like the, just to acknowledge what you're saying, we can kind of be so like up in our heads and it can feel so uncomfortable and our head is spinning a million miles an hour. And what about this? And what about that? And well, like, I don't know. And it's this overwhelm and it's this confusion. And like, first and foremost, like take a deep breath, like inhale through your nose, like, and exhale through your mouth. Like, let's slow down a little bit. Let's get grounded a little bit. And I think in that slowing down is where we start to actually hear less of the chatter and more of that voice of truth inside, right? Because that voice of truth, right? For me, it's God. It's not, you know, it's not this big, loud bang of a whatever audible voice in the sky and the clouds, you know, God, it's, it's a still small voice and it takes time to quiet. And at the same time, I've also been in this space where it's like literally, literally like impossible to quiet <laughs> and everything that's going on. So a big way to do that is to move, so like go take a walk, go get in nature, go put your, you know, bare feet in the ground and start there. Right. Take a few deep breaths, put your bare feet in the grass and get grounded and just be in nature. Go take a walk is, you know, if you can't seem to find that quiet and if you can do some breathing exercises, which is a great spot. And then what I always love to do is also journal. There are really great questions that as you just sit down and as you center yourself and as you slow yourself down, it's like, okay, God, like, what would you have me know today? And you just journal and just write out like no judgment, whatever comes out on the page. And I think what you'll find is that you actually really have a lot of easy access to what God is saying. And I think what's really important to understand is that what heaven says about you is the most important thing. It's not what anyone else says about you. It's not any of that internal chatter, the, the fear of the whatever, whoever might say whatever, like the understanding that the most important thing to know about you is what heaven says about you. Mm-hmm. Let's keep talking about that. I love this because I think so often when we're in our head, it's kind of like we're staring at the tree instead of the whole forest. And so it can feel so big and so looming, but we have to tangibly move our perspective. And often anxiety is either, you know, fear of the future. What if this happens? What if that happens? Or regret or reliving some of the past. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is we want to say, here I am now, right? This is yes. me today. It's getting grounded again, what's going on today, bringing your thoughts back to what's happening now. And then I love that you say when you start journaling and you actually quiet down your thoughts and your heart like slow enough to hear, we already do have so many answers, don't we? Mm-hmm. To the questions we seek. But oftentimes we're too busy fretting to notice them. Yep. And then heaven's voice matters more than the voice of those around us. And I know when I can't sleep at night, it's because I'm worrying about uh, either it's my own self-doubt that stirs. Will people sign up? Is it going to work? I'm not sure. Is this happening? Am I good enough? Or it's maybe a word from a negative comment or you know something like that that can start eating you up inside. And I, I wonder if a lot of us have sleepless nights wondering and, and kind of ruminating over ourselves or, or others' comments. What do you mean by heaven's voice? What heaven thinks about you is more important. Yeah. Well, I think all of this really comes down to not only like, right, like what voices we listen to, is it that internal negative chatter 
or are we still enough? Have we attuned our heart? Have we attuned our spirit enough to actually hear what God is saying? And this part is really interesting because I feel like like there's actually a lot of different ways that God can speak to us, right? We can act, we can be, and this is getting into my next book actually, um, but we can be hearers. We can be, um, right. So the people that hear, um, they can typically, it's like that still small voice inside that they're going to kind of hear like in their inner being, or you can also walk into a room and you can literally hear like a lot of other people's internal chatter like you have it's a spiritual gift that you have that you can pick up on what's going on in a room or in an atmosphere or in an environment another person can be a seer so this is where you can either you have a really vivid dream life or you get those little flashes in your mind of whether it's you know just even just a, a one second or half a second flash in your mind of something and that's a spiritual gift that's called a seer um, or in right like in the bible those are they're called foretellers or forth tellers that's where they can like see like prophetically what god is doing in the future or what he is like what his heart is for the future or you know in the in the woo woo like non christian world um, right. That is, and here, and here's actually a little point that I'm going to make. And I think that you'll agree with this, Denise. I think that Christians should actually be like some of the most woo woo people ever, right? Like in the Bible, they were talking like to angels and, um, the wise men used the stars to guide them. And, uh, Jesus walked through walls and people exactly. were, he said, you can do greater things than me. Yes. Like we can, we have the ability. Yes, they're like the disciples were healing people, like Jesus was healing people. And so what's really interesting is this somewhat of the spiritual world is because it is not necessarily all the time seen by our eyes, right? We can, as us as human beings, we can somewhat discredit it. So that's where some of this, my next book, Language of the Spirit, is it really kind of gives verbiage to this and actually, oh, wait, I do hear things or wow, that dream meant something or, oh, when I walk into a room, like, so going back to what I was saying about, we can be seers, hearers. Um, there are people that are called knowers. So they just like know that they know that they know. They don't know how they know, but they know, right? Um, and then there are feelers. So those are a lot more of like the impasse where like they can like walk into a room and they're instantly like can feel all the feels and all the things or like they feel what's going on next to you. Um, as Christians, we're called to then take authority over that and to shift atmospheres and to be able to interpret and see God's heart of what's going on um, or hear his heart or to feel his heart and to be able to, again, this is where that pulling heaven down to earth comes in, where then we are then able to um, either shift the atmosphere, the conversation, or like speak God's heart um, over someone. And uh, yeah, so... God tries to get a hold of us in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Well, and it, and it does take that quietness in order to hear it. I feel like our quiet time can truly be loud. In fact, I was a camp counselor throughout my college years. The best, the best summers ever. Like, when do you ever have three <laughs> months to do whatever you want? <laughs> right. Toilet paper the guys' cabin. Exactly. It was super fun. And so what I remember as a camp counselor is we had a lot of downtime and I would go sit by the creek and I would you know, write in my journal and read. And some of my favorite memories of those summers are just in that quiet space. And so mm -hmm. I'm actually hosting a retreat next month and we have several slotted, just like journal times where we're all going to split yeah. and I'm going to give them journal prompts and we'll talk about it later. And I 
have to imagine that God will meet us in those moments. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes it is in different ways. And I love how you broke that down. How would somebody help to identify how they hear God best? Well, it's kind of like a love language. Um, you know, you'll typically have like your, you know, the couple that you automatically just function in. And then it's not to say that you can't have any of them. Like if you just either focus in on honing in on one or developing one or just being really conscious of one of them, then you'll totally do it. So there have been seasons for me where... So my couple defaults are definitely um, seer and hear. And growing up, which I, when I didn't necessarily know this, but I... I would be able to walk into a room and or like stand next to someone or have a conversation with them and like literally like hear so much of their internal monologue. And I actually struggled for a really long time thinking that all of these thoughts that I was having or all of these things that were bombarding me was like me having really low self-esteem or, you know, me like having all of these negative thoughts or me having like all this like internal chatter that I just can't stop or I can't shut up. And what I found was that that was actually just a spiritual gift that I had been given that just wasn't harnessed, right? I like to kind of think of it as like this, right? Like a wild stallion, like they're amazing and they're beautiful and they are strong, but until they're able to be harnessed and utilized, right? They're just, they're just kind of want, run wild and they can eat, hurt people. And so when we're able to actually give language to and understand that, yes, this is a gift that you have been given and now you get to develop it and you get to learn how to use it. That's exciting. And I think oftentimes people, like you said, you don't even understand that it is a gift and you could even feel like it's a burden. I mean, I know many who would say oh, that they're yeah. feelers and they're like, I feel all all of it. Right, exactly. (laughs) But it's not just something you can identify as being a spiritual gift in a way that God communicates to you more specifically, but it's also something you can develop and get better at. Yep, absolutely. And there are lots of different resources. So like I said, I'm also a big um, dreamer and seer. So I have a really vivid dream life and God speaks to me a lot through our dreams. And I think this is kind of an interesting or like even in the in our imagination, like if we or I think that sometimes in the church or in the Christian world, this is like, oh, like don't your imagination is bad. And you can, you know, and what's really interesting is like, if you have the mind of Christ and you renew your mind, like, like actually God speaks to me through my dreams and through visions. And so there are times where I'll, before I go to bed, it's like, okay, God, like, what do you want to say to me tonight? Or, you know, I like gone, gone through other journal prompts of like, okay, God, like, can I have a picture of what season I'm in right now? And then instantly I'll have a picture of like a, a tree and a certain, you know, whether it's in full bloom or, you know, the leaves are turning, uh, you know, like turning or they're like, there are no leaves. And maybe that's more of a winter inward facing season, or maybe it's a season of harvest. And so um, there are like one of my favorite books actually to help with dreams. It's called the Divinity Code. And it's biblically based. And so every single thing um, that's in there is then grounded in scripture to where it's like, oh, actually like a semi-truck means kind of your ministry or this is what the color blue means or um, yeah, or this is what water means. If you have like dreams that you're in water, that is one of my favorite resources to then just go on somewhat of a treasure hunt with with the Holy Spirit and say, God, what are you highlighting? Like what makes my spirit come alive when I read this certain 
description. And, and then it just is, it's relationship. Like God uses all of this stuff to draw us closer to his heart as kids and to just have relationship and to have conversation. Now, I would say that I am more of a knower, just like Mm. a gut feeling like, I don't know why or how, but this, you know, like, like I've always just kind of known. (laughs) Just the one I always gravitate to. How would I develop that? I think a big part of that is to trust it and to allow other people to trust you in that, right? Because that can sometimes be, or like we can kind of, you just know that you know that you know, like you don't know how you know, but you know, (laughs) right? And so learning to trust that is a big piece of developing that. Because then there's also times where like we know that we know and we go do the thing or we create the thing or we follow that knowing and it almost seems to fall apart. And then, but knowing, right, grounding it back into now biblical truth that God is working all things out for good. And that was exactly what I needed to go through to now pull out the lessons. Okay, what, you know, back to saying, okay, like everything that we go through can pull out the lessons, pull out what did I learn? What did I, you know, glean from this? What lessons have I learned? I know what's really fun for me is like, I actually, this is like, this is like now the definition of like count it all as joy, quote unquote. It's, I literally like when I go through hard things is when I journal the most. And part of it is because I know that there are lessons in it. And I want to know how I was feeling, what I was learning. And then as a really funny business, as a really funny business side note, (laughs) you'll appreciate this, but those journal things are actually the best copywriting. (laughs) Right. Or your next or your next book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. In the midst of that that dark night of the soul, you can have hope that there is another side. And yeah, you know, yeah. in my counseling days, I would have people come to my office in the midst of that deep sadness and depression and grief. And I would always say, borrow my belief. I know it's hard for you to see right now. You're like in this tunnel, but there is another side. And I've seen people go through it time and time again. So even if you don't quite believe it, borrow my belief, because I know that you can move through this too. So knowing that there is another side gives you hope to continue taking those steps, right? Grounding yourself into the here and now, um, journaling, asking those powerful questions. All right, God, what do you have for me here? Um, what is this phase of life for myself and learning, like you said, in those hard moments, that's when we typically journal the most. That's when we pray the most. That's when we're like, okay, I need you right now. And mm-hmm. maybe we're even more open to hear from him the most. Tell me, how did you take this hard season and then actually say, all right, I'm not just going to hoard this knowledge for myself. Um, what did you create next to help you launch Made For More and your podcast and all of the other things that you're doing now? So a big part of it was my story. And as I started to just talk about it on social media, like I would do some Facebook lives and I got vulnerable with people and joined some different communities for families that had journeyed through loss and realized that there is so much healing in sharing our story right? Storytelling is this incredible thing that has been passed on for generations to generations and more so than any statistics or numbers or anything else that you'll learn, a story is what's going to stick. And so as I learned the power of sharing my story, what it did was it gave people like, oh man, like 
me too. Like I have felt that way too. And gosh, we are in this together and I don't feel so alone. And what I found from that is yes, like as I experienced in my past, like community and people, you know, like that was actually a big part of hurt for me. And now community is actually one of the biggest places of healing for me. And I think that when we can understand that, when we can move towards community when we need healing and we can move towards community and towards relationship instead of away from it. Like, I mean, so many of us, like we learned when we were little, like, oh, like you're in trouble, like go to your room or your heart or like go to timeout. Like we've learned to process emotions by ourselves when in reality, community and relationship and friends and family is what is going to provide the safest place. And so if we can move towards relationship in a hard time in our life, we're going to find the greatest healing. Yeah. And sharing your story, especially the vulnerable moments, gives a connection that just keeping everything nice and fluffy doesn't, right? And so not only were you drawing people into um, your world and your story, you're offering them hope. Like there is another side. I've been through where you are maybe right now, but there is another side and I can help see you through it. So tell us a bit about some of the programs that you offer to help people get through their hard journeys. I mean, a big one is my book. So it's meant for more igniting your purpose in a world that tries to dim your light. Um, So that is somewhat of a lot of the lessons that I learned when it came to unraveling, you know, all of the shoulds of what I should be and shouldn't be and what everyone else said I should do or shouldn't do. But it also really helped me gain that unshakable confidence to share my story. And that started to come from... And actually, this is really interesting. So another part of the story is I went from the girl like being like hiding in the back of the room because I was either too much or not enough or right, all this different people pleasing that I was doing. And as I started to unpack that, I ended up diving into what the most unlikely circumstance and I did a pageant. <laughs> I did a, I decided to jump on in to the fire of like girls competing and standing on stage and being judged, <laughs> like literally being judged. <laughs> I have done two bodybuilding competitions. So, so I know, know that world. It's very different, I think, than the pageant world, but it's similar in in sense. <laughs> yeah. So it was like this intentional step of like, all right, like let's see what I got. And it was funny. So I ended up joining like on a a last minute whim because I was sponsoring a gal who she would come to me for her fitness and nutrition back when I was a personal trainer to, she was preparing for the pageant. She was like, you should do Mrs. Idaho. You should do it. You would be amazing. I was like, nah, like what? Like I'm not the pageant girl. Like I'm the sweatpants, like personal trainer girl. I like hug sweaty people all day. And like, (laughs) you know, and so eventually I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to do this. And um, I wanted to get more involved in the community, which contribution is a big piece of it. And I just wanted to meet new women around the community because I wasn't as insecure anymore and was open to meeting and making and creating healthy relationships, especially among women. And dove in and loved it. Met incredible women. Ended up winning Mrs. Idaho. Ended up um, actually really thriving for the few years that I competed. Like won Mrs. of the Americas. Like made top six in the world. And people were like, where did you come from? Like, 
<laughs> like taking over like the pageant world. And it was actually because I didn't necessarily struggle so much with the, oh, like the girl next to me, her dress is like, she spent way more money than me on the dress or like the comparison or the feeling insufficient, or I didn't know how to share my story. And so I didn't struggle with a lot of that stuff. So it just was a really great environment that I thrived in. So what was really interesting was I was able to then take that part of the story of what helped me like go from the girl hiding in the background and the tools and tricks that I learned along the way to get rid of comparison. Like, right. Just literally like stand there and be like, yeah, judge me. Like I'm good and confident in who I am and who God made me regardless of what you say. (laughs) And so I put together my 14 days to unshakable confidence challenge and help women kind of unpack a lot of those limiting beliefs. It has been able to impact over a thousand women worldwide and we're still going. Fun. I love that. It's like you got a, a redo, you know, in high school and in college, you had the mean girls who were judgy and, you know, and you had barriers up protecting yourself. And then as an adult, you had processed through a lot of that. You knew who you were now. You knew what kind of scrambled eggs you liked and you, you owned them <laughs> proudly and you got to redo it. And instead you found a, a, a community of women who would support you and honor you. And, you know, just as you them, and it was a much more, it's, I'm sure that was a healing experience uh, in and of itself. Yeah, it was for sure. I love what you said. A redo. Yep. A it redo. Was. And it yeah, that's is so fun. Amazing. Well, and I think that like just I want to honor you that you took some hard things and you didn't just say, okay, I'm good now. You said, how can I take these hard things and how can I pass that on to others and really help give them a roadmap for growth as well? And so your books and your products and your programs, your challenges really take people step by step to help them to unravel some of those onion layers and build that unshakable confidence so they can do and be the person who God created them to be. And your latest product is something super cool and a bit different. It's called the Devo Deck. Tell us about this. This is really fun. So this kind of touches back on like learning how to hear God's voice and know what heaven says about you because that's the most important thing. So the Devo deck is it's a card deck that I created. So on it, it's kind of like, like pick a card, any card, or it's somewhat of a, right, like the, the Oracle card for Christians. <laughs> it's biblically based. And so there is an affirmation on it that is based off of a Bible verse that you read, a worship song that you Google or YouTube and just kind of sit and listen to it. And then there's a prophetic message right from the heart of God that it was actually like, I had a vision that where this, Devo deck is coming from. It's actually is like the physical manifestation of this vision that I had where I was in this beautiful forest, right? Think of like the most beautiful, like fairy tale forest that you could ever see. And I remember looking in front of me and there was this pathway and instantly, right, speaking of the knower, like instantly in my, in my vision, like I knew that that was the pathway that led to the heart of the father, like to the heart of God. And it was like all around me, except for this path that, you know, there were trees and bushes and foliage and all this, you know, flowers and all this different stuff. But this pathway was so well-worn and it was because I had gone to and from the heart of God so many times sitting on his lap, hearing his heart, learning the secrets of heaven, you know, just like being with my daddy, God. And from that, like the different experiences or journal prompts or just words that he shared with me 
regarding my identity of who I am as a loved daughter that's already chosen, right? I don't have to wait for someone to pick me. Like I've already been chosen. I don't have to turn his love into something that I have to earn, like his love or favor into something that I have to earn. Like I can come from a place of rest and I can come from favor instead of working for it. I can come from love instead of working for it. So many of those things. And like, even one of my favorite things is like, just sitting there and like asking God, like, God, what do you think about me? Like, can I be the object of your affection? And you just sit and listen and just listen as he just lavishes identity and love over you. And so that's what those cards are. It's the journeys that I took to and from the heart of God that will teach you how to hear his heart and encounter him and to sit with him and to just know who you are as a loved daughter. And when we know what heaven says about us, we don't need to care what other people and even our self-doubt says about us. It gives us such stronger kind of ammunition to ward off the negative things that come in this life because we are grounded in who God says we ought to be. Yep. You guys, you can get five free devos texted directly to you. I'm going to give you the number, but I also put it in the show notes below. So you can just copy and paste it. It is 833-231-8098. And just text Devo to that number. And Charity is going to send you five free Devos from the Devo deck. And I'm assuming they can go directly to your website to buy the whole thing. Is that right? Yep. There's a, lot, a few different sites, but yeah, devodeck.com is the site. Or if you want the five free, just text that number, 833-231-8098. Text the word Devo. And I would love to send them to you. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much for sharing a bit of your story today. And as I mentioned, taking it to the people and saying, all right, well, I want to kind of give you a hand up. Uh, and when we get coaches or support, uh, rather than trying to figure out everything on our own, guess what? We can heal faster. We see success faster. We experience a difference and a change in our life faster when we take someone who's three steps ahead and say, all right, teach me what you've learned. And that is what you're offering to everybody who's hungry. I've got two questions to end. One is as a business owner, and obviously uh, you're in nutrition, you've done pageants, you have done lots of different cool things. I would love to hear a few books that you love to recommend that have been big aha moments for you. Mm, Big aha moments. I would definitely say one of them was Own Your Assignment by Bethany Hicks. Um, Another one was A Tribe Called Bliss by Lori Harder. And one more that really unlocked things. So I've been trying to think. So if you are maybe a a Christian, you're kind of struggling with this, like, wait, like we're woo, like we should be woo, but what about this? Like um, one that really, really helped unlock that for me was um, Heavy Rain by Chris Ballatin. That one will give you all the permission that you need to be all sorts of woo and spiritual and actually understand that us as Christians, that God created all of it first and that the enemy only counterfeits what he thinks is valuable. So I like that. I have not read any of those. So I am writing them all down. (laughs) Thank you. And then my last question is, is as a a mom, a mompreneur, really an entrepreneur, a mom, you know, wearing all of these hats, like what is one thing you do every day that you wouldn't live without that keeps you full so you can continue to give? Hmm. 
This is definitely something that I think as a mom is navigated seasonally. Um, last last year, right? Everyone went through the whatever that we went through last year. Um, and so I actually really slowed down a lot of things and really made sure that we were coming from a place of healthy family, um, that my little guy, he just turned five, that he wasn't surrounded by or drenched in a lot of what I believe is the fear-based narrative. And so I just really surrounded our family with really healthy community and just spent a lot of time slowing down and coming from a place of rest. Cause if I think, especially as a mom, like if we don't come from a place of rest. Like if we are taking care of any, everyone else and all the things and everything else outside of us, and we aren't taking that time for whether it's self-care or to slow down and actually like breathe and to be poured into, um, then we come from a place where we give from an empty well instead of an overflow. And so sometimes there are seasons where we give from our overflow and other times there are seasons where, gosh, some people have got to pour into me and I need to be really intentional about this and say no. <laughs> so sometimes it's a yes season, sometimes it's a no season. And I think understanding what season you're in is key. What is one thing you do to keep yourself full every day as much as you can? Movement for sure, whether it's a walk, whether it is dance with my kiddo, whether it's working out, movement is medicine for sure. And praying, like reminding myself and hearing what heaven says about me above anything else and using your Devo deck. <laughs> yes. I use it every single morning. And I was like, this morning I was like listening to it. And I was like crying. Like if you come hang out on me with me on Instagram, <laughs> you'll see, like, I'll take a picture of my Devo deck and like share the song with you and even share like some of the things that God says. And yeah, you'll just That's come fun. hang out with me. You'll see it all. <laughs> we did homeschooling for a season last year. Cause I was like, we're out of here. We were not playing this game. Totally. And, um, so we did, I have a similar deck. I don't know that it's called, it's something different, but we would draw a card every day. It was for kids. And uh, my son would say, you know, I am confident. I, yeah. and it was really a kind of a cool experience to do that with them and include them in the speaking life over ourselves. And with your deck, you're really focusing. And it sounds like we could even use this with our families to teach our kids how to hear God's voice as well. Yep, absolutely. It's really based on identity. Yeah, I love that. Well, awesome. Thanks again for your time and your wisdom today. You guys, I'll put the number in the show notes below so you can grab the five free devos in your text, as well as the website so you can purchase the physical version um, yourself. Check out her website. Uh, meant for more and um, her book meant for more and all of the beautiful things that are going on because <laughs> if you are in a, a dark season and you need support charity is absolutely somebody who can help you do that so have an amazing day you guys and we'll see you next time Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big. <laughs>